0: X Talks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This life science-focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to keep you up to date. This week on the show, we are discussing National Immunization Awareness Month and the UK approves the first Omicron-targeted COVID vaccine. Enjoy the show.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Xtalks Life Science Podcast. I'm Aisha Rashid, Senior Life Science Journalist at xtalks.com, and this week I'm joined by Sydney Perlmutter and Vera Kovacevic. Thank you all for coming today. So let's begin with the newest COVID-19 vaccine approval. So this is a pretty special approval because it's the very first approval for a vaccine that targets the Omicron variant. So health regulators in the UK have become the first in the world to approve Moderna's next-generation COVID-19 vaccine, which includes targeting of the Omicron variant. So the vaccine, which is known as mRNA one two seven three dot two one four, or better, Spikevax bivalent original slash Omicron is a next generation bivalent vaccine, which means that it contains. Um, Ingredients that target two different strains of the virus. So it targets the original strain of the SARS CoV 2 coronavirus as well as the Omicron variant of concern, also known as BA.1 or BA1. So the vaccine was approved by the UK's Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency, or the MHRA, as a booster dose for active immunization to prevent COVID-19 caused by SARS-CoV-2 in individuals 18 years of age and older, according to a news release from Moderna. Now, the primary series of Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine remains at two doses, Um, If you recall, Pfizer's primary series actually changed from two doses to three doses um, as its primary dosing schedule, primary series dosing schedule. So according to Moderna's chief medical officer, Dr. Paul Burton, uh, it's possible actually that the new bivalent vaccine from Moderna may only require administration once a year because it can boost antibody levels to such high and significant amounts. The chief executive officer at Moderna, Stefan Bansell, described the new bivalent next-generation vaccine as a next-gen COVID-19 vaccine, which will play an important role in protecting people in the UK in this context because it's been approved in the UK um, from COVID-19 over the winter months in particular. Now, the head of Burton's healthcare and medicines regulator said that this combination vaccine gives us a sharpened tool in our armory to help protect against this disease as the virus continues to evolve. So, the UK approval was based on data from a phase two, phase three clinical trial in which the new bivalent vaccine met all primary endpoints, including. Uh, superior neutralizing antibody response against Omicron when compared to a booster dose of the original version of Moderna's va- uh, vaccine in baseline seronegative participants. So a booster dose of the, the new Omicron, uh, the bivalent Omicron targeting vaccine increased neutralizing antibody levels against Omicron about eightfold above baseline levels. Now, in addition to this, the vaccine also elicited potent neutralizing antibody responses against um, the Omicron subvariants BA4 and BA5 as well, uh, compared to, again, the original version of the vaccine. So, Moderna's original vaccine, which is known as SpikeVax, received full approval in the U.S. from the FDA in January this year for people 18 years of age and older. And it was first authorized for emergency use in November 2020. Uh, now, despite this, you know, next-gen um, boosted booster, uh, health officials say that people should still take whichever booster they are offered as all of the shots offer great protection. So Moderna said it is also um, completing applications, or rather it has already completed applications for regulatory approval of the updated booster in countries like Canada, Australia, and um, other countries in the EU. So I wanted to get your thoughts on this new uh, next-gen updated uh, vaccine from Moderna. And do you see people um, going and opting for it? Or And do you think there might be problems arising in terms of demand for this Omicron targeting vaccine? Do you think people are going to wait it out and try to get that one over um let's say the original booster that doesn't have uh, an omicron targeting
2: component and um yeah what's your take on this well i think it's going to be kind of like i guess how it was in canada and I, i imagine in other countries of the world like you know originally we had i think here three different types of vaccines approved and then health officials were telling people to take whatever vaccine is offered but then as you know A few months were going by. People may have had their own preference for, you know, which Mm -hmm. which which vaccine they maybe want to take for a second dose, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So even though um, they're encouraging people in the UK, you know, to take whatever boosters offered, I do think some people may prefer the the one that is um, Moderna's, right, for Omicron. Um, What do -hmm. you think about that? Do you think people have a preference in the autumn boot? Autumn booster program. I think they definitely would. I mean, um, I mean,
1: Omicron is the dominant variant in in the U.S. and in a lot of other places now. I think I think pretty much all over the world, maybe. And so, um, and I know some people have been waiting it out, like to get you know, a second booster, um, waiting for an Omicron specific one, because in addition to Moderna, Pfizer has also is also developing an Omicron specific, uh, vaccine. So, um, that should also potentially be coming out soon as well. So I think there will be a lineup for, you know, any Omicron specific vaccine, especially as we're seeing subvariants of Omicron emerging now as well. Right. So I think, um, Hopefully, the original boosters won't go obsolete, but I feel like eventually, if they can get production up um, to meet demand, it could possibly replace even the original booster. Um, So that could also be another situation and scenario as well. But um, yeah, hopefully we see the approval or the authorization of it in the US and Canada and other places uh, soon as well now on continuing on the topic of vaccines and vaccinations this month august is national immunization awareness month in the us so the national immunization awareness month is marked to help bring awareness to the importance of vaccines in the prevention of disease now, of course, the COVID-19 pandemic certainly did its part in bringing forth and highlighting the importance of vaccines as a critical tool in the fight against infectious diseases. So the FDA also recognizes National Immunization Awareness Month, or NIAM, um, as, and it says that you know, this month provides the opportunity to think about how far the development and advancement of immunization science has come, and its impact on public health. So, of course, the FDA plays, you know, a key role in immunization as it assesses vaccines for safety and efficacy and, um, you know, awarding authorizations and approvals um, so that they can be made available to the public. So the FDA, in a document, you know, about uh, National Immunization Awareness Month, outlined that, you um, it authorizes and approves vaccines based on rigorous uh, evaluation and analysis of clinical data. Um, and, you know, really highlighting the fact that no vaccine, like vaccines are highly scrutinized. And, you know, the COVID-19 vaccines are perhaps the most scrutinized vaccine um, in recent history or in all of history. Right. Because the world's eyes are on these vaccines. Um given that, you know, they've become an important tool in fighting this um, pandemic that we're still in. So the FDA really, you know, wants to let people know that um, it isn't an easy or, you know, a process that should be taken lightly in terms of how these vaccines are authorized and approved, uh, irrespective of the timelines. Um, you know, the, the data has to be robust and show the safety and efficacy for, before um You know, any vaccine is approved. So um, that's something that the FDA wanted to highlight and, and, you know, ensure um, that the public understands. In addition to that, the FDA also, you know, is emphasizing that vaccines ultimately save lives. Um, So in terms of the COVID-19 vaccines and other vaccines like uh, the flu shot against influenza, all of these vaccines um, are designed to prevent infection. And, um, you know, they are, have been shown to cause less severe disease and reduce the risk of death. And so this is, you know, an important incentive um, for why people should get vaccinated. And also the FDA um, has said that uh, to be smart when considering your source of information. And, um, you know, in this document on their website, uh, they say that drinking from a fire hose is rarely a fruitful endeavor. So a good filter um, can be helpful. And so one of the priorities of the FDA is to focus on countering growing you know misinformation and disinformation about vaccine science out there and um so you know the, the FDA has really um emphasized the fact that you know we have a constant stream of information opinions and that can include disinformation and so that is eroding trust in in science and societal institutions Um, And so, and regrettably, it says that also the science upon which our decisions are based. And this is causing um, harm to patients and consumers. So uh, that's also something that the FDA is addressing as well. Now, when we talk about, um, you know, vaccine awareness, um, You know, childhood vaccinations is an important subject and topic that always comes up. And of course, childhood vaccinations are important in the prevention of childhood illnesses, especially since um, kids immune systems are still developing. So they need that, you know, added protection that they uh, may not be able to develop on their own against, um, you know, certain diseases. And uh, the CDC continues to emphasize the importance of routine childhood vaccinations, especially because, um, you know, as kids have been heading back to school after pandemic lockdowns. Now, the impact of the pandemic on vaccinations um, is being felt globally, actually, and in the U.S., actually, the CDC said that um, national vaccination coverage of required vaccines among kindergarten children during the 2020 to 2021 school year dropped by about 1%. Um, Compared to the previous year. Now, this doesn't sound like much, but it equates to 35,000 more children without vaccination. So that's pretty significant. And the numbers are even worse um, in developing countries and in other countries around the world. So the pandemic has really impacted um, access to to vaccines because of lockdowns. And so there's like, um, you know, there are catch up campaigns that um different health agencies around the world are implementing to ensure that kids are up to date on their vaccines. And so to help address this in the US, the CDC has placed a call for action outlining steps that healthcare providers and families can take to encourage catch-up vaccination to protect children's health. And this includes things like ensuring that healthcare providers make vaccines more accessible. Um, and also At routine visits to remind um, people that, you know, they may be due for their vaccines, Um, notify families um, directly when they do notice that, you know, kids um, that, you know, a certain family or kids may be due for uh, vaccination also provide and share facts about vaccines, Um, of course, credible information, and also healthcare providers are encouraged to make strong recommendations to get vaccinated. Um, Again, not only against COVID-19, but things like influenza and other um, diseases as well. So the impact of um, lagging vaccination, um, is, and it's not only been... Because of the COVID 19 pandemic, you know, we were seeing this for a couple of years prior that um, vaccination rates against things like polio were, were going down. And so, globally, as a result, we're seeing a resurgence of once vaccine eradicated diseases like polio, as I mentioned. And according to the World Health Organization, there's also the threat of smallpox making a reappearance as well. Um, and of course, small, the smallpox vaccine, uh, was the very first successful vaccine to be developed. Um, and it was developed by Edward Jenner in 1796. And, uh, smallpox was eradicated in 1980. That's when the world health organization declared its eradication. Um, and that was because of a very, um, intense, uh, Campaign to eradicate the disease, which began in 1967. And so the last natural known case of smallpox was in Somalia in 1977. So just some facts there about the history and how vaccines have really, you know, I mean, eradicated some diseases altogether. So their importance cannot be highlighted enough. Now, you know, childhood vaccinations are not the only... um, important issue here or the the only important um, sort of population here we also have senior vaccinations so as people get older it becomes just as important for them to keep up with vaccinations to help protect them against illnesses that can become life-threatening especially since um, people's immune systems become weaker with age as we know so, in adults sixty five years of age and older, it's recommended that they receive vaccines against influenza annually, um, as well as vaccines against pneumococcus, which causes which is um, or streptococcus pneumoniae, which is the bacteria that causes pneumonia, as well as uh, vaccination against shingles. And, um, you know, agencies like the CDC and FDA high, um, highlight the importance for seniors in long-term care settings, especially to get vaccines like the flu shot annually, because they're particularly vulnerable to complications from influenza, such as severe illness and even death. And then you have other vulnerable populations as well, such as pregnant women, um, people with um you know, conditions that cause their immune systems to be compromised. So there are, you know, vaccines, the importance of vaccines, again, can't be emphasized and highlighted enough. So I think this, um, you know, National Immunization Awareness Month is really important to, again, keep bringing attention and keep the attention on vaccines. And um, the CDC, you know, and other other health agencies say that vaccination, you know, is an important part of keeping people healthy, just like, you know, diet, exercise, medications. And uh, the National Foundation of Infectious Diseases um, also has outlined several steps and um, um, to take in terms of helping bring awareness to vaccination. And this involves looking into resources, credible information, um, sharing those resources with others. Um, and again, in, you know, understanding that vaccinations are part of a healthy life. Um, and um, also testing your vaccine knowledge, you know, people, uh, I think sometimes suffer from get caught up in disinformation information and misinformation, just because they don't know, you know, what the right information is. So to you know, really, um, get the right information and understand how vaccines work, uh, the history of vaccines, all of that can really help people, um, you know, yourself and people around you to really, um, gain that trust in, in vaccines. Again, knowledge is power, right? And, um, again, recommendations from healthcare professionals is also key. So that was kind of an overview and rundown of sort of uh, National Immunization Awareness Month and what different health agencies have to say about it and in the context of COVID-19 and other, um, you know, vaccinations as, as well. So just wanted to get your thoughts on this. And did you know that, you know, vaccinations for other things apart from COVID have been lagging? Does that concern you?
2: No, I, I didn't know that, but I could imagine due to the lockdowns, um, the very strict lockdowns that we had in many parts of the world, um, especially during the first year of COVID, really. Um, yeah, I imagine it would be kind of um, challenging, you know, to go out. And and maybe some people were even scared to go and get their child vaccinated then mm-hmm. for fear of catching COVID. Um, so it's it's not a big surprise, but I'm glad that they are having um, these catch-up campaigns especially for children and also something Mm -hmm. that you didn't mention but something that i look into frequently now that i'm thinking of you know traveling to various parts of the world um is you know the travel Mm. vaccinations
0: right for like hepatitis a
2: hepatitis b even rabies like there's so many different types like we're fortunate that we live in um this part of canada and it's not like, you know, different places in the world, like you can get bitten by an insect or like you can have an accident or you can eat dirty food or water and, you know, you can get all sorts of um, diseases, which. Especially uh, tropical yeah, places. which may have yeah, been they have prevented with things. a vaccine.
1: Yep. That is such a great point. Yeah, exactly. Travel vaccines. I mean, I think we either, you know, before Ticket for, took them for granted or
3: you know didn't really give them a second thought but yeah great point and then with uh, childhood vaccinations, um, it becomes like a little bit more complicated because obviously children can't advocate for themselves. Mm. And it's really up to, you know, the parents to make that decision for their children. And then I think in recent years, we've seen a few children of of, of parents who decided not to get their kids vaccinated speak out against, um, you know, against their parents, which is very brave. um, um and yeah it it starts with the parents i think mm-hmm. and then because they shape you know what their children kind of want to do a little bit in their perspective on things it's not all the parents but it feels like um you're kind of dealing with more than just an individual um you know, with childhood vaccinations. So I think yeah. there's, that's so important. And especially, yeah, just knowing the history and, like, the fact that smallpox... Mm-hmm. Was it smallpox you said that was yeah. potentially coming back? Yeah. That oh, no, polio. Uh, oh, well, polio. polio
1: has come back, and mm. there's a threat of smallpox
3: potentially coming back. It mm-hmm. hasn't, yeah, thankfully, but... Yeah, that yeah. just speaks volumes in terms of, you know, what the vaccines are capable of and what mm-hmm. happens when people decide not to yeah. um, get their children vaccinated.
1: Absolutely. Um, really great points there as well. Um, the fact that they're so powerful that, it, that they've globally eradicated diseases like smallpox. I mean, that's just a huge testament Um to, you know, the power of the vaccine. <laughs> and the, yeah, unfortunately, and that's such a great point in terms of childhood vaccinations that it's not, you know, kids can't advocate for themselves. And so these decisions are at the, you know, family level, you know, uh, in, in many cases. And so I think there it becomes really important for the healthcare providers to really engage with families um, and parents to really... Um, educate and, you know, bring awareness to the importance of vaccinations and why their kids need to be vaccinated and and just share that knowledge and and resources and um, recommend, provide that strong recommendation as the CDC and FDA are saying that, you know, the onus is on healthcare providers to do so. All right, that's the end of this episode of the X-Talks Life Science Podcast. If you liked today's show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, everyone, and see you next week. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye. Thanks for listening to the X-Talks Life Science Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues, and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X Talks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more.